0: Kentucky took down Mississippi State on Saturday, and I know that everyone wants to talk about Will Levis, but we all know who the most important player on this offense is. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky. Athletics On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, going to be talking about the Wildcats win over Mississippi State. Also going to be talking a little college basketball. The season is creeping closer and closer. We had Big Blue Madness just a couple of days ago. Got some bigger news, however. Aaron Bradshaw, five-star center, committing to the Wildcats. Going to break down what he could bring to the roster next year. And then Kentucky basketball in the AP poll and the Kim Palm rankings. They're out. The preseason rankings are here. I am so excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about the AP specifically because I think the Wildcats are in the incorrect spot. Before we get to all of that, though, we we'll want to remind you guys to please subscribe to the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on podcast. Really appreciate the reviews you guys have been leaving on podcast. Continue to leave five-star reviews. Make sure you also follow the show over at Locked on, UK on Twitter. Kentucky beats Mississippi State 27-17. Chris Rodriguez, in my opinion, is this offense's biggest Weapon. I want to kind of backtrack here in a little bit, but before I get into that, I want to go back to what I said last week previewing this matchup. Mississippi State, this was the most important statistic in the ball game, in my opinion. Mississippi State, 12th in the SEC in yards per rush attempt allowed. We had an almost an entire episode last week talking about the fact that Chris Rodriguez, now that he's back, now that he's healthy, he needs to get the ball more. And sure enough, in this game, He got some carries, 31 to be exact, 196 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Those 196 rushing yards, I believe, are the second most he's had in a single game in his career. He played phenomenally. Kentucky did what I said that they needed to do, and I'm not sitting here like saying like I should be coaching on the sidelines. I don't want to be. I'm just pointing out they established the ground game against a team that has not performed well against the rushing attack. A lot of people haven't necessarily tried to run the ball on Mississippi State this year, and Kentucky was able to do it. I want to stress something to you guys before I go deeper into this, this thought that Chris Rodriguez is the best player on this offense. So nobody panics here. Let's be clear. Will Levis has a higher NFL upside than Chris Rodriguez? Will Levis will test better? Will Levis will have a better pro day, and he will likely be a first-round pick if things continue in the direction that they are. I'm not saying that Will Levis is not talented. I'm not saying that Will Levis is not valuable to this offense. He is extremely valuable. But for this offense at Kentucky right here, Chris Rodriguez, in my opinion, is the most valuable asset. Again, that is not to say Levis isn't valuable. We saw that two weeks ago against South Carolina. If Kentucky continues to feed C-Rod the ball, the offense will move. When things have gotten bad for Kentucky in the past, offensively, what have they turned to? They resort to running the football, and they resort to running the football a lot. Lynn Bowden, need need I say more? I think that Will Levis has been a really, really good compliment for what this system wants to do so far this year, but I do not see the progression of this scheme moving forward becoming a more pass-oriented offense in the future. I just don't see that happening. And right now, you've got a really, really good running back on roster that can carry the load for, I'll say, a passing game that has shifted over under the watch of Rich Scangarello. And a lot of people thought that it would be very similar to what we saw under Liam Cohen. And now we've gotten to see the passing game evolve just a little bit, in my opinion. I think it's schematically in what they want to do. Don't get me wrong, it's similar, but... Um, There are some questions, I think, about the way that Rich Gangarello has opted to run the offense so far this season. I'm not saying that he should be let go. I'm not calling for anybody's job here. I'm not even necessarily going to sit here and, and rag on play calling because I'm not a coach. I'm not in the meetings there listening to what they have to say. I'm not game planning with these guys. I'm not dissing Rich Scangarello. I'm just saying he's made some interesting decisions. And there were a couple of interesting decisions that he made in this game specifically against Mississippi State. Thankfully, the Wildcats had the ability and the freedom to do that because Mississippi State couldn't do jack on offense. But still, it's it's a situation where you have a first-round NFL quarterback, so you want to u- utilize him, but you got a really young receiving core and you've got a new guy in at OC that's not necessarily doing things the way that I think people would be thrilled. People are not thrilled with the way that Rich Scangarello is running his offense right now is what I'm saying. I think that he's doing just fine. Um, Would love to see Kentucky finish drives a little bit better, and we'll get to that in in just a second. But to go back to what I was saying about Chris Rodriguez, uh, everything I just said, breaking down the offense, is kind of irrelevant to my main point here. If Kentucky is looking for stability in what their offense does. They will rely more on Chris Rodriguez as the season continues to roll on. Now, I will point this out. Over these final five games, Kentucky's going to go up against some really solid rush defenses. They still have to play Georgia and Tennessee. And believe it or not, Missouri has actually significantly improved in the run defense department. In fact, they're sixth in the SEC, both in yards allowed per attempt and yards allowed per game on the ground. So Chris Rodriguez, I think he's going to get his fair share of touches. I think Kentucky's going to try and lean on him. I would expect nothing less. Again, all the credit in the the world to Will Levis and his his abilities. But he threw a pick six in this game. I also want to point that out. Chris Rodriguez was helping the team drive down to potentially get another touchdown to make this 27-10 and really ice it. And Will Levis threw an interception. There was a fourth down call where Kentucky had plenty of opportunity to just run the ball right up the gut. With Chris Rodriguez, and they opted to throw, and they didn't get it. I mean, I'm, ju- I'm just confused by some of, the, um, some of the decisions. And again, I understand that Levis is a very, very talented player. But I said it last week. I'll say it again. It worked out one week. I would like to expect that it works out the next, regardless of how the offensive line plays. Chris Rodriguez falls forward so consistently. He's a very reliable player. Average five yards per carry Did the Kentucky offense in this game. want to see that continuing forward. Run the football. It's what I said at the end of the segment last week. I'm going to say it again. Run the football. Other notes quickly from this game before we move on. I said this in the preseason when predicting this game, and I'll say it one more time here. The air raid offense is hot and cold, and that's just how it operates sometimes. Not a revelation. Everybody's gotten to see it. One week, you'll get a phenomenal performance against a defense that doesn't have any idea how to slow it down And then the next, you'll stall on almost every single drive you have, and it'll put a ton of pressure on your defense to just figure things out. Now, Mississippi State's defense is no slouch, so thankfully they were able to kind of hold their own for a half. And on top of that, Kentucky is not necessarily an early riser in games. When it comes to establishing things at the beginning of the the match, it's not necessarily something that Kentucky has done well, especially over these last three weeks. The first half drive chart in this game was awful. I'll just go ahead and run through it here for you. 11 plays fumble, 10 plays punt, 11 plays missed field goal, five plays field goal. And then in the second half, obviously, Will Levis in the middle there had to step out because uh, there was concern with a little bit of an injury. Uh, Sharon came in, and then Kentucky, uh, about five or six minutes later, put Will Levis back in the game. And this is what the second-half drive chart looks like. Again, Kentucky starting game slow is really hurting them because if they had just been able to put a touchdown on the board, this game could have gotten a lot uglier I think in the second half, but the drive charts for the for the Wildcats in the second half: eight plays field goal, eight plays touchdown, seven plays touchdown, four plays pick six, five plays touchdown, eight plays end of game. The game ended at the two yard line. If Kentucky really wanted to, they could have scored again. So you got three touchdowns, a field goal, an interception that was returned for a touchdown, just beautifully read by Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Mississippi State defensive back, uh, there late in that game. But yeah, Kentucky. <sighs> I said this at the beginning of the year and I was really excited about it after the first couple weeks. They were doing a really good job of not necessarily shooting themselves in the foot. And even when they did, they were getting away with it because their coaching elsewhere was so sound. The coaching elsewhere is starting to get challenged a little bit considering what conference and what schedule is in front of the Wildcats and they've still got the toughest opponents yet to, uh, to play. So things have to be cleaned up. This was one of those games where it's, it's, it's ugly, especially considering the, the pick six by Will Levis-Lade. Ugly, ugly, ugly game. Brad White, defensive coordinator for the Wildcats, continues to be phenomenal. Excellent, excellent defensive job. Just to look at some of the stats here for Mississippi State, they only had 13 first downs in this game, 3 of 11 on third down, 225 total yards of offense the air raid was just limited to 203 yards passing will rogers who has been really good so far this season did not look great through a pick si- or not a pick six just an interception late in this game uh, for kentucky to seal it and it was great kentucky held on to the ball 39 minutes in time of possession this is exactly what i said they sh- they needed to do they did it they got it done great win that's all we needed let's just move on and let's advance all right, before we get to Aaron Bradshaw committing seemingly out of nowhere, at least in my eyes, to the Kentucky Wildcats, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Simply Safe. Guys, the numbers don't lie. In the past decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right, and at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when a threat is real, and with 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply agents call you at the moment a threat is detected and they dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not at home or you can't be reached. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes over at simplysafecom LockedOnCollege. Save twenty percent on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Again, visit simplysafecom college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Out of nowhere, seemingly, Aaron Bradshaw, five-star center, commits to the Kentucky Wildcats. Really, really excited about this move. We were talking with Jason Jordan, director of basketball recruiting over at Sports Illustrated, about this kid. Gosh, what was it, a month and a half ago? We're actually going to have him back on the show tomorrow to continue to talk about this. Jason Jordan said that it looked like this kid was maybe leaning towards the G league or potentially going elsewhere, maybe looking at even Louisville potentially as a spot that he could end up because Kentucky was looking at center prospects elsewhere. And so the question that Jason and I had was, okay, if, if let's say Kentucky gets uh, a, you let's say they get him. Would Bradshaw be willing to actually come to the Wildcats and have to, make that type of commitment to that type of competition. And that's something that Jordan said, is some guys want to go out there and compete, but some guys don't want to go out there and have to compete, if you know what I mean. Essentially saying, you know, some guys want to go out there and compete against other teams, not necessarily against players on their own roster for playing time. And that was the question with Bradshaw, but apparently he doesn't mind it. He wants to come to the Wildcats. We talked about this kid just a couple months ago, breaking down what he does. Just a quick analysis for you. Its top seven consisted of Kentucky, Louisville, Maryland, Michigan, UCLA, Oklahoma State, and the G League. Kentucky offered this kid back on April 10th. He had an official visit earlier in the summer, also took an official visit to Louisville. From what I understand, he was strongly considering the uh, the Cardinals as as well. Analysis here, just a brief analysis because I want to get into what this roster could look like with this kid. Wiry, athletic, very quick for his size. Uh, has a solid offensive skill facing the basket and posting up. Recently in the summer, just finished as, uh, up a session at uh, Nike EYBL and looked really, really polished. Uh, Jason Jordan also said similar things. We're going to ask him about this kid tomorrow, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We're going to have more breakdown on Aaron Bradshaw and his commitment. 7-foot, 220-pound center out of Roselle, New Jersey, Camden High School. I hope I'm pronouncing that city right. I can't pronounce it, pronounce anything correctly. Huge Huge, huge get for the Kentucky Wildcats. Why is this a huge get? Well, it bumps the class up to number two in the country. And if Kentucky gets one more specific player that they're looking for, this will be the best class in America next season. Remember how you guys some oh I won't I won't judge you know, I won't judge any of you. There were some people out there this time last year and even bleeding all the way into March of this year that we're saying Coach Cal has lost his recruiting touch. He can't go out and get the players he wants. There was a little bit of frustration that we discussed on the show about some people coming to me and saying similar things. And right now, just to kind of go over the class real quick, Kentucky has the number two player, the number six player, the number nine, and the number 29 player in next year's class. That's three five stars, one borderline five star, depending on what you look at, what recruiting rank rankings you look at. He's a five star. The only piece that's missing from this loaded class is five star combo guard DJ Wagner, who is the number one player in the country right now. He is projected, at least according to Crystal Balls by 24 7 Sports, to go to Kentucky. Kentucky's going to have the best class in the nation. Go ahead and lock it in. We're going to talk with Jason about this tomorrow. I think that he's coming here, DJ Wagner. I'm very, very excited about what this lineup could look like next year. Everybody was kind of down on Coach Cal and the recruiting. Everybody said that Duke was taking everything away for the Wildcats. Well, look who's back now. Look who's back now. With a plethora of five stars and the transfer portal at his fingertips, can get anybody we want. Kentucky, all of a sudden is back on top of the recruiting world. Like I mentioned, Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw, Robert Dillingham, Reed Shepard. Those four guys are going to be excellent next season. If you bring in DJ Wagner, that backcourt is going to be spicy. Very excited about next year's roster potentially. So let's say, because I believe it's going to happen, let's say DJ Wagner does commit to the Wildcats. You've got a point guard, Robert Dillingham, excellent, excellent, excellent ball handler. Would highly encourage you guys to go check out this kid's film. Backing him up. You've got options. Phenomenal that Kentucky feels like they can have options that can score at the point guard position. It's very, very, it's very, very, uh, it's something that the fan base has been asking for uh, for a couple of years. All due respect to uh, Severe Wheeler, who is one of the best assist men in the country. Very, very good at that. No disrespect to Wheeler, who is also continuing to work, to, uh, work on a shot. At backup point, Aduthiero, I think is probably going to get some minutes here. Reed Shepard, the combo guard, also probably going to get some looks as well. Uh, Shepard looks more to me like a shooting guard, just based on what I've seen out of his film. I don't necessarily know what Kentucky would do there. Uh, and again, I'm uh, talk about me not being on the on the floor for uh, for football uh, practice and camp and stuff like that. Uh, I could not tell you what they are planning on doing with Reed Shepard. I just know that he is an explosive backcourt player that can score, starting at uh, shooting guard. I think DJ Wagner is definitely going to get the nod here. CJ Frederick is a redshirt senior right now. I would expect him to declare or to move on after this season. I would expect that, but he could potentially come back and play one more year back. DJ Wagner up Reed Shepard could also rotate in at backup shooting guard. This uh, at this spot too, or who knows he could start. Don't know what Kentucky would want to do in that situation. Reed Shepard, is one of the most underrated players. I think in next year's cycle. I mean, he is just—he is really, really, really special. And I think anybody uh, breaking the uh, breaking down the high school scene would probably tell you similar things. At Small Ford, this is the thinnest spot right now on Kentucky's roster, and they've got to do something. I think in the transfer portal to really solidify this position. Chris Livingston—is he going to be a one and done? He definitely has the skill to do it. It's just the question of whether or not he's going to get enough minutes to warrant that jump. Curious to see what maybe the information that's given to him after this season looks like. So you've got Livingston potentially at small forward. You could honestly slide Justin Edwards up to this spot, I think, and you would probably be fine. Uh, but I've got Justin Edwards starting at power to forward potentially for the Wildcats next season. Damian Collins, is he going to be back? He could start at power forward if he really wanted to come back for a senior season. I don't necessarily know. If he has the season that we think he's going to have, Damian Collins is going to be gone. He's gonna he's gonna be hitting the draft. If that shot, that jump shot, is as improved as it looked in uh, in the Bahamas, that kid's gonna be special. Collins is going to be nuts. Lance Ware could also be back next season, barring transfer or declaration for the NBA draft. And then at center, you've got the battle of the two new big men that have just committed to the Wildcats. You're gonna on Yenzo or Aaron Bradshaw. Again, I'm going to ask Jordan about this, get his thoughts on this one tomorrow. Aaron Bradshaw committing to the Wildcats. What does that front court look like and what does Bradshaw bring to the table? We're going to be talking with Sports Illustrated Director of Recruiting Jason Jordan tomorrow, so make sure you tune in for that. All right, Kentucky basketball is ranked in the top five in both the Ken Palm and the AP Preseason Top 25 poll. The AP poll was wrong. Ken Palm... I love you. I'm very excited about the Wildcats and where they're ranked. Do they deserve to be ranked number one? We're going to talk about all of that in just a second. Before we get to that, I just want to remind you guys again, if you are not subscribed to the show, make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. takes a second. Just go and click the button. We're going to have a ton of fun basketball content coming up here as the season gets underway in the next couple of weeks. Also, if you're listening on podcasts, please make sure to leave a five-star review. I like to shout these out whenever I get them. Really appreciate it whenever y'all do so. Do not forget to do that. And If you are not following on socials, at LockedOnUK on Twitter is where I primarily reside. I want to apologize because there were a couple of messages that I got that I, I check the DMs on, on Twitter regularly, and I would say regularly regularly is an understatement, and I somehow missed a couple of different things that y'all had had, that had been sent to me. I want to apologize for that. Just completely whiffed on that. That's on me. And it was so long ago that I feel bad for (laughs) responding now. So if you've got questions, please leave them in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials. All right. Kentucky basketball, number one in the Ken Palm rankings, as we mentioned just a second ago. So there are four teams that I believe are in true contention For the the national championship, at least preseason, you really like four specific teams. That would be Kentucky, Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Houston, in my opinion. Those are the four best teams in America preseason. Now, we could end up being completely wrong on that. We're just going to have to wait and see. But it's going to be interesting regardless. It's going to be a fun basketball season because Kentucky looks like they've got the horses to make a run unlike the, uh, the embarrassing loss uh, to St. Peter's last season. Ken Palm, though, if you don't know what this is, Ken Palm is a math-based system that kind of projects and predicts things uh, throughout Division I of college basketball. So we used Ken Palm heavily last year when doing our game breakdowns, and we would rely on Ken Palm for different things like score predictions. We would rely on it for matchups and personnel. I got my X's and O's stuff elsewhere, but if I was going to look for statistics to kind of help aid my argument or to break something down, I would look towards Ken Palm. I'd highly encourage anybody out there that even cares a little bit about numbers, go and check this site out because it's very, very helpful in understanding how different teams match up with each other. According to Ken Palm, Kentucky is the best team in the nation coming out the gates. The number two adjusted offense uh, in the country, in the number three defense in the nation, according to Mr. Pomeroy. Uh, I'm very, very excited about this upcoming season and the fact that Kentucky was ranked this high. It's a rating, not a ranking. Uh, it is so so do with that terminology what you will. But yeah, very excited about this non-con slate. You look at the non-con slate. Kentucky plays one, two, three, four different A-tier teams. Kim Palm also tiers uh, their teams—they've got Tier A, Tier B, and then they've got untiered teams, which I don't necessarily know when it drops off the B tier. But if you play four A tier teams just in your non-conference slate alone, actually it's five, can, including Kansas in the middle of the SEC slate with the uh, SEC Big Twelve Challenge. But yeah, Kim Palm's got me fired up, man. At number two, they've got Texas. Number three, Gonzaga. Number four, Tennessee. Number five, Virginia. Six Baylor, seven Houston, eight Kansas, nine North Carolina, and ten Arizona. Gonna be honest, I don't necessarily understand why Texas is so high. I think they're probably going to take—I wouldn't say a significant dip—but they've got the number one adjusted defense in the nation. And while Chris Beard does have a very solid defense at Texas, not gonna lie, he's he's really really good there. And they had the 14th best defense in the country last season, according to Ken Palm. Uh, this Texas team is not the second best in the country, uh, although they may make the make it there on the Kim Pomeroy rankings. I think the mo- most important thing here that we need to talk about, because I know Kim Pom's exciting and all, it's probably not the most thrilling thing to you guys out there. The Associated Press Top Twenty Five poll is officially out, and ladies and gentlemen, Kentucky comes in at number four. I don't necessarily know how I feel about this. You look at the three teams ahead of them. It's the three teams I said that are contending for the national title. Again, preseason. North Carolina at number one. Gonzaga at number two. Houston at number three. I don't like the Cougars ahead of Kentucky at number three. I honestly thought that the Wildcats were going to be at number three to kick off the 2022-23 season. We broke down the Cougars just a few days ago. We talked about Gonzaga and North Carolina as well. And why I thought... Kentucky was going to be, or should be, the preseason number one team, even though I thought they were going to end up at three. I think that they are the best team in the country, but because of the way the, the voters vote, I figured that this is where they would fall. Didn't expect them to be under Houston. They lost a couple of pieces. While they do bring back a couple of different really important backcourt uh, pieces, they've got some uh, some inexperience in the front court. They're bringing in a five-star. I forget his name, but they're going to have to rely on him to actually legitimately break out this season and and contribute. Otherwise, I don't think that this number three ranking is warranted. They also have a relatively weak conference that they play in as opposed to these other three schools that are here in the top four. In case you're wondering, by the way, defending national champion Kansas is uh, sitting there at number five right behind uh, Kentucky. So the Wildcats, yeah, I think they should have been uh, at least number three. In my opinion, they're the best team in the country heading into this season. North Carolina lost so much production from some of their really clutch players. I know that they've got Caleb Love and R.J. Davis back, but Brady Manick is gone. They're going to have to rely on Pete Nance to really step it up, transfer from Northwestern there and actually be as productive. It's similar to the situation at Houston, except North Carolina, I think it's just a little bit better of a ball club in terms of talent overall. And also they're just they're just going to play a more difficult schedule. They're going to win just as many games it's going to be a more impressive feat for North Carolina than it is for Houston. So if we're just projecting things out right now, it's got to be, I think, Kentucky, UNC, I guess, Gonzaga at number three, Houston at number four. That's just the way that I see it. I know that a lot of people want to hype North Carolina up because they made it to the national championship, uh, championship game last year. Had the game won and then blew it. Don't necessarily know how to feel about that, considering Kentucky just beat the snot out of both these teams last year. And I guess that's the final thing I'll say here. If we're ranking the AP poll off of not necessarily who we think is the best, but who we think beats whom, which I know that's more how rating systems work. That's how Ken Palm works, and it's it's not it's it's less. I guess I guess if it's that, then we put Kentucky at one. But even so, if we're putting this as like okay. How do these teams like match up? Kentucky beat the brakes off of North Carolina last year, so whether you do it as far as who's the most deserving or who beats whom, I still think the Wildcats should be at number one. They've got just as much talent, if not more, than any of these other four teams, three teams here. Excuse me, we're we're not we're not including Kansas in this. Any of these other three teams here, and then on top of that, I think that if you're matching them up. It's really, really easy to, to make conclusions. The only one you have to ask questions about is Gonzaga. I think truly, in my opinion. And we'll get to see how these teams match up uh, later on in the, uh, in the non-conference slate. It's going to be really exciting. If you've got thoughts on the AP poll or where Kentucky ranks in the Ken system, leave it in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Kentucky, you can follow the show on Twitter at... Locked on UK you can follow me on Twitter at Lance Stahl underscore and follow the show on Instagram over at Kentucky podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments, hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.